Episode number 167, Online Tournaments. Welcome to the Heads Up Poker Podcast. This is Steve Barton, and thank you for tuning in. This week, we are going to go over a hand that I played online in a tournament on Six Four Spades. You guys know this site. I love it. It's this wonderful honey hole with fun players, just like a home game. Um, you know, you you know it's a home game when Rex. Three, four, five sits down and three people type in the chat. Hi, Gary. Right? This is an awesome, awesome site. I love it. Uh, they've got great note taking, which I'm going to go over here in a second. And it's pertinent to the hand. But I love the way that you can take notes on their site. And they also have the uh, color coding. The software is just like any site that you would see with the uh, Poker Stars or ACR. Um They've got the color codes, and here's some of the color codes that I use. I would highly suggest you use color codes with your notes, uh, regardless of how you're taking your notes. You should be taking notes on all your players uh, anytime you see anything significant that jumps out at you, because you can use it later um, to figure out how to beat them. Um, the codes I use, I, or color codes I use, I use blue, and that to me signifies a shark, another good player. Um, and I use red, and that to me means stop. There's an important note in here. Don't don't do anything until you read the note or you're sure what it says. Uh, then I do yellow. That's just kind of a uh, kind of lets me know that I've taken a note on the guy. It may be relevant, it may not, uh, but it's a caution. Then green. That's my favorite one to see. And there's quite a bit of green here on 6-4 spades because green means put the gas on. You have a calling station. He calls down light. Value bet the S out of him. Okay. So green is a great color for me when I see that. Orange. Um, that is a little bit more specific and that means that they are loss averse. So in other words, they are, um, they're not making that last little value bet on the river that they should because they uh, you know they would they don't want to get raised off their hand they're they're loss averse they're trying to minimize their losses but probably without realizing it they're they're sacrificing some serious gains um, so those are the colors I use those five uh, blue red yellow green and orange um, and um, they have a bunch of other colors on there but those are the five that I use um, yeah, okay, so the hand that we got, this is from a $30 tournament, and we have 17 players, and we are number one out of 17. We were the big stack at, in the tournament. The tournament has been running now for about an hour and a half. Uh, we're past the... Um, we're past the rebuy stage. We've completed the add-on. Uh, we're now, you know, midway through this tournament. If um, if I had to guess, I would say that there's probably was a total of, uh, you know, 30 to 35 players that entered this. And uh, we're about halfway through. And we're fortunate enough to have the biggest stack. Now, um, this hand is a, uh, this tournament is a six max. So there's six total players at the table. Um it folds to the cutoff, 
and he has a stack of 15k which is um, about 20 big blinds with blind levels at 400 800 um, the cutoff is the notes I have on him um, it's a yellow note and it says uh, loose calling station preflop fitter fold on the flop uh, and then I've got another note and it says have not seen a bluff yet okay um, the small blind, uh, his color code here is, um, yellow as well, and he's got, uh, 26,000 for a stack of 32 big blinds, he calls, and the note I have on him, the yellow note says, min bet on flop was light, value hand. Uh, fired three, then another note I got, it says, fired three streets with TP. TK, which is a top pair, top kicker in my notes lingo for poker. Uh, okay, so that's what we got there. And we're in the big blind with 58K, 73 big blinds, and we have 6-3 offsuit. So, um, actions on us. I see absolutely no reason to raise here with 6-3 offsuit. <laughs> so, we uh, we go for a check. Uh, so, we check uh, we check our option. And we see a flop. The flop is king of hearts, nine of spades, three of hearts. And we've got six of diamonds, three of clubs. So we have no heart. Um, and uh, we got bottom pair with a terrible kicker. The small blind leads out. Uh, he leads out for 800. He does so. It takes him about five seconds to bet. So online, you can you don't have any facial you know, tells or body language or any of that. So your two main clues in online poker are going to be bet sizing and timing. And if you really pay attention and you really watch, you can, you can pick up patterns with certain players with timing and general patterns as well. And when someone checks after about five seconds um, and, then, and then bets a small bet like this, now specifically for the note for this player this is extremely relevant and this is why you know these are the reasons why i take notes on this site because um you know you don't have a hud i take notes on other sites as well but i'm especially diligent about doing it here because you know i can't just look at a player and know he's a 25 15 like you got to get a general feel for it you know um but his note here is min bet on flop was light value hand so I don't know if that meant that, uh, you know, he had middle pair with a, uh, um, with a uh, terrible kicker or something. Um, yeah, I should have taken better notes. Maybe I didn't have time, but I should have wrote the board and, and what he had in that scenario. But that's the information that we got to go on. And uh, he min bets here into this uh, into this flop. So king of hearts, nine of spades, three of hearts. I would put that something as like, um, I don't know if he called there in the small blind with like pocket fours through pocket, you know, six or sevens or something. I don't know that many people are not going to three bet in his spot uh, eights there. But, uh, you know, some hand like that, maybe a weak nine um, could be even something like top pair with terrible kicker. So like king deuce offsuit. Um, but here, uh, we do have, um, some value in this hand. Uh, you know, we've got bottom pair, uh, so we're ahead of his, uh, flush draws. Um, 
you know, I, I'm kind of opting for a raise here. And the reason I'm opting for a raise is because of another note that we have on the uh, cutoff. Loose calling station pre-flop, fit or fold on flop. Uh, have not seen a bluff yet. So, if we raise here, I feel pretty confident that the cutoff is going to fold unless he's got a flush draw, unless he's got maybe a good nine, um, or a king. I think we can. I think we can raise here, and we can um, we can take it down the pot pretty often. Uh, so that's what uh, that's what we do. We make it uh, two one one one. Um, so villain bet 800, uh, we raise to two and a half times that with the one guy behind us. That's, um, I mean, if you play the law of averages, uh, he's only going to continue for less than a third of the time as a third of the time he's going to connect somehow with the flop. And I think even less than that, he's going to continue to erase here. Uh, so we make it two one, one, one and the cutoff takes a little bit and then he folds. And now the uh, folds to the uh, small blind. He takes about oh, 10 to 12 seconds and then calls. So what that tells us right there is that tells us that he has some type of decision. He has some hand. Uh, we really would have liked to get two folds, but uh, you can't have the, everything. Um, so that tells us he has some type of uh, some type of value hand. He's got something. Um, he's not, he's not bet, uh, bet calling there with just complete error. Um, I think oftentimes he's going to have some type of draw, whether that be, uh, queen 10 or jack 10 or queen jack for a gut shot, uh, whether he's got two hearts, whether he's got, uh, a weak king, um, or maybe a nine, a strong nine, um, you know, Something like that. Um, okay, so we go. He calls. Uh, pot is now seventy-one hundred. We go to the turn, and the turn is the Ace of Clubs. So this is kind of an interesting card. Now he takes a while here. He takes about ten seconds, and then he checks. And when we're faced with a decision here, do we check or do we bet? I would overwhelmingly decide to bet. And the reason is, is because of his timing. It looks weak. Um, and I think we could take the pot down here quite a bit. I think he's going to fold his uh, nines. I think he's going to fold a weak king. And um, the time that he took there, I feel like the only hands that are going to call us here are an ace. And, um, you know, maybe he would take his time and check a weak ace there if he had something like uh, maybe, I don't know, ace seven offsuit that he limped in the big blind. Um, and he had the ace of hearts. So maybe he had a backdoor flush draw and he decided for whatever reason to bet call that. I don't think those are in his range. I think he has very few aces. I think he's got a lot of weak kings, nines, and those other pocket pairs that we talked about um, now I think those are folding the flop. Yeah, so I think we can get him off a a weak king, a nine here, and um, and take it down. And the hands that uh, I mean, even a hand like Queen Jack of Hearts, which has a gut shot, it's got a flush draw, and it's got two overs to our hand. Uh, we're still sixty percent against that, so we really don't mind if he calls those. 
So what sizing to bet here? Um, I think a mistake that a lot of players will make is in the 7100 here, I think if they're going to bluff at it, they oftentimes just bet too small. Bet something like 3K into this. Um, I kind of like a bit of a, uh, uh, it might be a little exploitive, but uh, I like going for pot or even a little bit more than pot or just right up to pot, maybe a tiny bit under, but there's something about typing in a bet that is bigger than the pot that players really stop. And, um, you know, now I would do this with something like, uh, you know, ace queen here as well, or a set or, um, you know, uh, some type of uh, really strong hand. But I think we need to do it with, uh, with the weak ones as well uh, to balance that out. Something to note about um, when you do a pot size bet, there's some numbers that you should commit to memory. And they are how much, what percentage of the pot you're betting and how often you need them to fold. So if you bet a third pot, you may have to rewind this. You probably want to write it down if you don't know these or have them committed to memory. I would put them on a little sticky pad. I did on my computer until they were instinct. But if you bet a third pot, you need them to fold 25% of the time. If you bet half pot, you need them to fold 33% or a third. If you bet two-thirds pot, you need them to fold 40% of the time. And if you bet full pot, they only have to fold half the time and you show a profit. Half the time you break even if they call 50% of the time. And if they fold any more than that, which most people do when you bet the pot, um... You're making a profit. I think that a lot of players here would um, miss miss this spot. I think that a lot of players here, when the um, when the small blind bets out like that onto the flop, they would just let their pair of threes go and be done with it. But because we were diligent in taking notes and we can refer to them and use them, uh, we were able to turn six three off suit into a profitable hand. It's important to learn how to play out of the blinds. Um, you're going to be playing a fifth of the hands if you're at a uh, full-handed table from the blinds and a third of them if you're at a six-max table. You need to know how to play out of those. I don't know anyone that is a winning player out of the big blind or the small blind. I don't, I'd like to believe that it's possible, but uh, I just don't know. Your, your goal in the blinds is to lose the least amount possible. So if you were in the big blind for 100 hands and you folded every time, you would lose 100 big blinds. For the small blind, it's half that, so you'd lose 50 every 100 hands out of the small blind. Good numbers are... Um, significantly less than that. Uh, mine are 25 big blinds. I'm losing uh, per hundred hands out of the big blind and then 13 from the small blind, which uh, I've run them across different uh, players and it seems pretty good. So I think it's because of spots like this, I'm not missing. And uh, there may be others that I am, but ones like this, um, I think are key, especially when you can, because you're going to get so many trash hands. If you have any opportunity to turn those into profitable ones, you got to take it. If you want to play on this site with me, you can. Go to 64spades.com and get your rake back. Use the code HUPOKER in all caps and you will start scoring some rake back. What are the poker sites got rake back like this one, huh? You can play cash or you can play tournaments. 
They have free rolls, they have low buy-ins, and then they have bigger buy-in tournaments. The $30 tournaments, the average buy-in when you divide up the total prize pool by how many people have entered it, is anywhere from $75 to $80. The $40 ones, anywhere from $90 to $100. People rebuy, double rebuy, and add on to these, and there is a horrendous amount of value there. There is many, many people that are buying buying in four or five buy-ins, and they don't even have a lottery ticket. They have no chance of winning. They're going to have to pull a Darwin Moon to, uh, to, to ship this tournament. Hope you guys enjoyed that. You can follow me on Twitter at HUP Podcast. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Here is your weekly motivational speech. Another one of these cliches or cliche stories is about Thomas Edison, right? When a reporter asked him, you know, what is it, how, how did you feel about failing a thousand times? And he said, no, I didn't fail a thousand times. I just found a, th- a thousand different ways that it wasn't gonna work. And that's what's, well, that's what's happening with you. But every time he found a way that didn't work, he was adding to his journey. He was growing stronger. He learned something, he discovered something. You were discovering something about yourself and you're exercising your character every time you get up and try something, move in the direction of something, even if you don't get the thing. It's not about the thing. It's not about making the basketball team. It's not about making a million dollars and it's not about the light bulb. It's about what you learn along the way, who you become along the way, and you're on the journey. And guess what? The journey's hard. The journey is riddled with failure, and that's why most people don't do it. Most people aren't willing to get on that journey because they're afraid to fail. You, my friend, have failed. Congratulations. It's the greatest thing that ever happened to you because it shows that you're alive, it shows that you did something, and it shows that you're growing stronger. Now go and fail again. Bro, I hope, I hope you guys that watch these videos, I hope you're going to fail a thousand times. Keep going in, out there and failing. You know what that means? Every time you fail, it means to me. It tells me that you're doing something.